Ah. Hey, this is exciting. This is very exciting, and I chose today to try out all the gear that my kids got us, got me for uh, my sobervertory, the stand and the light and everything. So I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. So okay. Here is here's Al. I got to make sure Al's in the frame. Hi, Al. And then I also <laughs> want to give a shout out to my co-host Finn, the fat cat, who is currently napping on the fat cat hammock next to me. Very good. And his name is Ben. Oh, sorry, Finn, F-I-N-N, yeah. F-I-N-N, Finn the fat cat. I'm yeah. Lynn, L-Y-N-N. <laughs> Finn and Lynn, hey, welcome to I Kiss Alcohol Goodbye, episode 18 with Finn and Lynn. Lynn King, a.k.a. at Sober Grandma Road Trip. And exactly. I'm super excited to get to uh, chat with you because when you reached out to me um, on Instagram chat just a little while ago, you were like, yeah. hey, I'm going to like quote you. Um, you said, spreading love and hope and pixie dust is my jam. Thank you for tagging along. If you ever want to interview a 68-year-old church-going, tatted-up, road-tripping, badass, alcohol-free grandma, I'm your gal, followed by some really pixie, dusty sort of emojis, which are awesome. And so yes, sir. welcome to the show. Thank you. I've had like well, thank you. Several guests lined up that like life just happened and they weren't able to come on when they expected and they're still going to come on. But like when you messaged me today, I was like, yes, I need an episode. And I, <laughs> you were like, damn the torpedoes. Let's go live on Instagram with me. So tell, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your sober journey and how you ended up on Instagram and re reaching out to a nut like me. Sure. Come live with me. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited too. Yeah, this all this journey started just just a little over a year ago. Um, May 24th is my sober date. I got a text from my oldest daughter that day that she was really concerned about my drinking because on FaceTime the night before I was slurring and repeating myself and not making much sense to the point that my grandson, who was six at that time, was really alarmed. He was like, "What is wrong with Grandma?" Wow. And yeah, wow. So that was the gut punch I needed. I mean, that was the wake up call I needed because I was just in a pit of misery and despair, self-inflicted mostly, uh, just wallowing. And, uh, you know, um, somebody had asked me, well, how did I feel when I got that? And I said, I feel relieved. I feel relieved. Somebody finally called me out on it and said, you've got to do something. And so that's what did it, is at that point, that was on a Monday, we were leaving on Saturday to go on a 10-week long, 15,000-mile road trip. Wow. A literal road trip in our travel trailer. And I was like, wow, I picked a great time to quit drinking. But as it turned out, it was, a, a, it was inspired because it got me out of my rut, it got me out of my despair, it got me out of my routine. You know, every day we were going exciting places, seeing new things, and and so the, where the um, Sober Grandma Road Trip came from is I wanted to document the literal road trip. Yeah. Um, but at this point, when I decided to do it on Instagram, I was about 20 months, alpha, or 20 months, 20 days alcohol-free at that time. And it's like, well, let's let's document both, you know. Cool. We're, we're on a journey here. We're on an adventure. Let's do it. And so that's what I've done, you know, is uh, we had a fantastic time. Anybody interested, go back to yeah, actually yesterday, June 13th, was my first day on Instagram. Oh, it's your the, Instaversary or whatever that's called. 
Yeah, there you go. Instaversary. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so, the, you know, you can follow the trip. We had a wonderful time, saw a lot of the national parks, visited family, all of that. Um, and then when I got home, it's like, you know, life is a road trip. Yeah. I'm going to document my daily adventures, just what I do day to day, and continue on this road trip. And so that's what I've done. Um, so I can, you know, share some of the things that I did to uh, become alcohol-free and what supported me in the sobriety. Yeah. Um, I'm not a paid influencer for the alcohol exper experiment, but shout out to Annie Grace and her team. Um, at that Monday when I decided I had to do something, I, you know, of course, Googled, you know, yeah. alcohol treatment, you know, alcohol recovery, all this stuff. And I found the alcohol experiment journal. My son, my oldest son, had been after me for a while to start journaling, you know, because he knows I love to write and all that. And so I thought, well, this is this is perfect, you know. It's an alcohol experiment. It's a 30-day. Uh, you get a lesson every day, and then it has a prompt uh, at the end of the lesson to, you know, reflect and relate it to your life and all of that. And it's a journal, so it was all built together, and that's what I did to start out. That's what okay. really it gave me the foundation. It gave me the the truth about alcohol, the facts, the scientific facts that I never knew. Yeah, uh, yeah. It really dives deep into our beliefs around alcohol and how we've been culturized to accept. That you know, alcohol is a great thing. Everybody has to have it. Oh life. right. Life, yeah. You know, I mean, you need you need alcohol to celebrate. You need alcohol when you're sad. You need alcohol, you know, when you've had a good day. You need alcohol when you've had a bad day, right? I mean, right. All these all these beliefs, and so um, I started really. It just went to my heart, and it was like it was speaking to me. I really related, and. Because we were on a road trip and a lot of time in the car, obviously, I started searching uh, podcasts, mm. and that's when I got interested in podcasts. Because you know, when you've got hours a day in the car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just put in uh, sober. You know, I searched for sober and found all these different podcasts, and um, I list started listening to different ones. And the one that really resonated with me was the the sober gay podcast. And that's the one, once I found it, I binged on it because I think what I related to is uh, Dylan and Aubrey are just so real and so authentic real. and raw. Yeah. And they just, yeah. Yeah. And they shared all this stuff that they had gone through. And it's like, man, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. I'm not defective. You know, I just have this thing that I need to deal with. Yeah. And so, well, and it's great okay. that you say that because like Gangly Flamingo there just commented. That's our that's our friend Mark Schultz, who uh, was my episode. Uh, Austin was co-hosting with me in May and we interviewed him on on episode 15. And, um, you know, as a, a 45 year old gay man in New York, um, he described what it was like for him coming of age in the 80s and 90s, like I did as well. And and, um, you know, he has out of that started his own podcast and you know i told him you got to check out the sober gay podcast because like you said dylan and aubrey are just 
they're freaking hilarious, but they're just so real. And that's the thing. Yes. Like I've really found uh, among the sober community, especially on Instagram, which I have said in many of my episodes, I despise social media, but this Instagram thing here is very special. Like I, I yes, feel it is. like, I, I mean, I just met you, you know, for the first time in person yeah. and I'm already like, I, I know Lynn, like Lynn knows me, we've got this thing in common and it doesn't matter that, you know, it, even if you've, never connected with a gay person in your life and maybe that's like something that you were raised to like eh, or whatever like then then you can connect with other people and go oh my gosh i've got something in common with all of these people that i thought i didn't have anything in common with and you can see all these bridges that yes. connect right yeah and that's brilliant and that was so key is that my husband as much as he loves me and supports me and was there for me he just didn't get it he just didn't get me. And then when I found the sober community, the alcohol-free community, it was all these badasses, and we'd get each other. Like you said, yeah. just on some visceral level, it's like, okay, I can I can be open. I can share, because I know that you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And instant connection. You know, we, we uh, a lot of us use, that I've had uh, the guests on, when we Googled it, it was, or when I went on the app store and searched for sober, we came, we settled on, the reframe app, which gives a lot of the science and all those things that you don't hear, you know, all you hear is right. the advertising stuff and, and your own experiences. You're like, well, I know it's go it's fun to go out and, and drink. And I'm so, you're so accustomed to it. At least m most of us are. And then when you get into this thing and start learning about it, you go, Oh my God, like, I, like I thought I was unique. You, maybe you thought you were unique in a struggle that you had with alcohol or maybe you thought yes. you were unique in a, like in a physical sense or maybe in a mental sense and you start to realize like, no, you're actually not alone. There's actually like a gajillion people out there that get you. So let's see, where did I go there? Uh, let's talk about that. Um, as we were on the road trip, you know, I was doing the podcast, I was doing the journal, I was, um, uh, I started a gratitude journal. Uh, that was very helpful early on. Uh, before I went to sleep, I'd get on my phone in the notes and just, you know, I'm grateful for. It was just, I'm grateful for, blah, blah, blah. I'm grateful for day after day after day after day. And that just kind of soaks into your psyche, I think. And so whereas um, a year ago, early May, I was literally, I was literally thinking, this was it, I'm done. I'm just so over. I'm just, I can't do this anymore. Um, to the point I was saying to my husband, you know, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be around much longer, you know, stuff like that. Poor guy, it freaked him out, you know, but that's oh. mentally, emotionally where I was. And um, so the gratitude journal, yeah, that started soaking in. Um, I'm actually a pretty positive person, but that just shows what alcohol had done to me. Um, so then I had told the kids, we've got four adult children, that I, I am acknowledging, I am admitting that, you know, I have a problem with alcohol and I'm, I'm working on it and um, I will seek therapy and counseling uh, when I get home right now on the road. Yeah, I guess I could have done something online or something like that. Um, and maybe I just wasn't ready to take that step at that point. But when I got home, it, I followed through on my word. You know, I promised my kids I was gonna do this um, and so we had a new preacher at that time. And Pastor Lisa would say at the end of the sermon, she says, I'm always here. You're never a bother. All you have to do is shout to me. 
And so I called and made an appointment. And I think because she was a new pastor and we were on the road trip when she uh, came to our church, so we had never met before. So I, I think she was expecting a meet and greet kind of thing, but I met her and she was just so open and loving. You know, just everything came out. And I just, blah, blah, you know, just cried and shared and spilled the beans. And um, and she just says, yeah, yeah, this is good. You know, this is good. And she said, no judgment, no advice, no telling them what to do. It's like, mm-hmm, okay, would you like to come back? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I would. So we did that for a couple of weeks. And she did start giving me some direction then, some really good direction. But she says, you know, I'm... I'm your pastor. I'm not trained as a recovery uh, therapist or anything like that, but I have a good friend who is. Would you like me to make a referral? Good for her. So that's what happened. Pastor Lisa, I love her to death. She is just incredibly in touch, incredibly in touch with being human. It takes a good uh, recognize like when he or she's supposed to speak and when he or she is not supposed to speak or when they're, you know, going to encourage and when to refer. And so it's so good. And that applies to any, any caregiver, um, not just pastoral, but I mean, I'm so thankful that you had that. And, um, you know, we got all these comments in the chat that are like saying how great you are. And thank you. Thanking you for sharing your story. We had a question from Mark. He was just asking if you have advice for anyone who struggles to stick with a regular journaling routine. Oh, you know, no, I don't because I'm really not a journaler. Uh, I consider my Instagram, my journaling. Um, I, that's where I share my thoughts, my reflections. That's where, I, you know, I share pictures, obviously, of what I'm doing in my life. But that's where I, I do my musing. Um, and so pretty much every day you'll see me on there. Sometimes it's just something short and light. Sometimes I get carried away. Um, but that's my journaling. So I, what I've heard is that the, the most successful journalers, they, they commit and they carve out a time. Uh, many first thing in the morning or last what, and that makes sense to me. Um, I kind of, first thing in the morning, that's not, you know, I open up Instagram and I see what's going on. And that's usually when I, I'll be really good for a while. And then, uh, then I have a change in routine and it'll be, you know, weeks and then I'll come back. Sounds like that's me okay. for a Dean minister. And I, and I struggle to read my Bible every day. So, you know, don't feel bad. Like it, it's, you know, committing to those just daily things are so fundamental, but even with Instagram, just getting on, checking in with your family, uh, the sober family here. I mean, that's 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 the way that I do it too. Like it's my first boost of morale, first thing. And I know you're probably, you know, we're not supposed to get on our phone right away, but I do it. Exactly, and it's to me very encouraging and uplifting. And I just so love witnessing other people's transformations. Because even though, you know, I've only been on Instagram a year, and so a lot of the people I've met uh, have just started their journey during that year. Um, just witnessing the transformations. That's kind of my message, you know, the 68-year-old church-going grandma, is that it's never too late. It's never too late. It's just one decision away. And when you're ready, when, you, when your heart's ready, the messenger will be there. 
and the messenger, my daughter, you know, texted me. That was that was so thankful that she did that, you know, because I could have I could have exploded, you know, I could have said, "What the hell are you talking about?" You know, don't. But I didn't. I was so relieved. I was oh, thank God, somebody had the courage to yeah. tell me to shape up. And you know, you know so. with with respect to what you were saying about the age, my mom is turning eighty two this year, and she did Al Anon in her seventies, and she's like, "I wish I would have done this years ago." Changed her life. She realized she thought she was going to go and learn about how to help this family member, and it ended up transforming. You know, the, the real work was for herself. And, and that's what a lot of us get into this sobriety journey, thinking like I'm I'm doing this to stop drinking so I don't destroy my body. The reality is that we're doing some hard work to learn who we really are. Exactly. Have you had any experiences with relatives doing Al-Anon or other programs? You know, I I did um, get the big book. I read the big book. I did go to a couple of AA meetings. It didn't resonate with me. I just didn't relate, and it was like I felt. I felt bad, you know, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm my, what I've learned is to move towards my joy, you know, to move towards what feels right, makes me feel good, makes me feel whole, makes me feel like I'm moving in the right direction. And so my support group has been Instagram and also back to the alcohol experiment. Uh, Annie Grace has all different kinds of programs. Uh, she's got a free 30-day alcohol experiment. Uh, the link is in my bio. Um, she's got a paid live alcohol experiment. Uh, the next one starts July 1st. That one has daily coaching attached to it. So you have it's group coaching, but you go on and there's a live person there. There's a different person every day. And, you know, just allowing people. It's kind of group. It, well, it's not kind of. It's group therapy. I mean, it's it's very emotional. Um, people, you know, opening up and sharing and supporting, and um, so that's been a big part. I've done that three times, um, and it's not it's not exorbitant. It's like forty nine dollars, I want to say, for the month for the thirty days. And then they have a Facebook group, a private Facebook group that you're a part of, and that continues on as an alumni after that. Uh, so that gives me that kind of, you know, the meetings in the rooms situation with uh, other people. Uh, and just meeting all, all these beautiful people, getting the opportunity to be on lives. This is my very first live, and this is pretty cool. Uh, I've got a lot to learn, I think, but uh, doing that, but doing guesting on podcasts. Um, you know, my hope is that there's going to be somebody out there that their heart is right and they're ready. And because I know there are plenty of me's out there. You know, earlier you said there's like a bajillion of us out there. I know there's other me's just like me, the same situation, the same stuck, the same hopeless, what's the point? And if I can, you know, if we can connect, if we can give that person hope, if we can give that person just enough, just enough courage to take that first step, whatever that step is for them. Uh, then that is just, it, that fills me up. I, you know, that's, I've, I found that that is really my calling and I'm loving it. I'm loving reaching out to people. What, could you tell us a little more about what led you into the drinking originally? Was it something that you did lifelong or was it something that developed in midlife or, or how did you kind of get addicted to, to the alcohol? Sure. 
Um, like I mentioned earlier, I've always had a problem with drinking. You know, I, I can't just have one. And when I have one, then I've had ten. You know, and then then I'm mess. Uh, so I kind of steered away from drinking. I really didn't drink that much in college. Um, and then, you know, once we were married with four kids, um, I really didn't drink then, <laughs> you know, just had enough going on. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started as I was easing towards retirement, uh, you know, having wine with dinner, and it started out a glass or two a night, and then it started, you know, kind of developed into a bottle or two a night. Uh, but what really did it is, uh, gosh, it's been about three years ago now. Uh, there was a family situation that came up and uh, a broken relationship that broke my heart. And I just, I couldn't deal with it. Um, and, and at the root of it, honestly, was my drinking, you know, but I wasn't ready to accept that then. And um, so I was just so miserable and emotion. I was emotional pain. And so I started drinking more and more to numb out the pain, you know? Uh, and then it got to the point that I was blacking out all the time and wake up in the morning and I'd have the only thing that would really help was to have a drink. And so, yeah. Uh, and when, when I got to that point, it went downhill fast. It went downhill fast. So there was probably two years, definitely one year that I was just a total mess, just a total wreck. Um, so, no, it wasn't long-term, but it was enough, and it was fun, and I don't ever, ever, ever want to go back there again. I think when cravings come up, just kind of play it forward and think, man, it would maybe feel good for a little bit, but I know I'm going to feel like crap later, not just physically, but I'm going to, like, I'm going to beat myself up. And so I, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that i yes. not exposed to alcohol a lot outside the house. This is where I drank, but... Like, I'm not going out. I'm not at a lot of social events where it's present. So I, my temptations are minimal, but it's to get some gas. And I'm like, oh, man, it'd be great. Especially it's like 96 degrees here today. I'm like, man, I want, you know, could really go for a beer. But then I try to play that forward and like what. And that's called beer, beer would be good, right? Yeah, that would be great. And so now I'm like, I, I can go have an athletic brew, an athletic brewing company. And it tastes just like a golden ale that I had when I was having yingling golden or whatever my favorite was before. And so, yeah, right. if you had to pick one thing from the last year and change of 54 weeks or whatever, it's number one thing that has made the difference in sustaining you to towards the 400 days. You know, learning to let go, learning to release, you know, to forgive myself and to release it, uh, not carry, because there was a lot of of shame and guilt and regret revolved around that family break. And so a lot of that was the therapy, you know, and, and digging into it and learning um, that I was worthy because um, I didn't feel worthy. Um, learning that, yes, you know, the things that you did were not good. <laughs> And you'll need to make amends for those. You'll need to acknowledge them and make amends and move forward. So, but releasing, um, as Pastor Lisa put, she did a, a sermon series on the, the myths around forgiveness. And, you know, we all grew up hearing forgive and forget. And she goes, no, that's not right. That's a myth. 
forgive and release. It's not until you release it that there's no longer a need for revenge or retaliation or whatever um, that you can heal. And so that was, yeah, the letting go, the learning to let go was really big. Because in the beginning, you know, I had no compassion for myself. I had screwed up big time. Um, and I was just really, really good at beating myself up. I think most of us are. And uh, it wasn't until I started learning to give myself some grace and compassion. Uh, and, and until we do that, I think it's hard for me anyway to take that first step because we're hiding. You know, we, we're, we don't want to admit. Um, and so that compassion, to have compassion for yourself, give yourself grace, give yourself time, and just plug in. You know, don't, don't worry about doing anything or being anything or changing anything in the beginning. Just plug in. And something's, something will speak to you. Something will speak to you. And that's, oh, this is another biggie that I want to throw out there. Uh, that there's no one right way, you know. Uh, there's whatever works for you, that's what works. And do it. Just do it. Do more of it. And find the people who uh, are tagging along with you. you know? So, yeah. Whatever program works out there, like you said, just work that program. I think that's even an AA saying, like, work, you know, the program works if you work the program. So, um, you know, you've given us so many beautiful, like, nuggets in this, you know, plug in, give yourself time, give yourself grace and compassion. Uh, your pastor, uh, Lisa, talking about forgiving and releasing, uh, and, and you're learning to let go, uh, you know, let go of uh, trying, let go of trying to be this person that you can't be. I mean, I, I, I could go on for another half hour just, I think, saying back to you all the beautiful things that you said to us. Um, I think, you know, as for the plugging in piece, uh, people can connect with you here on Instagram at uh, Sober Grandma Road Trip. And um, if anybody wants to connect with me, well, you found here, so you know how to connect with me on Instagram, but I will tag her. And also, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, when we wrap this up, um, I will make sure that all of the people and resources that she's mentioned uh, during this uh, brief call have like the alcohol experiment with Annie Grace, the Sober Gay podcast. Um, I want to give a shout out to Valor Fitness, who um, made this awesome uh, snapback hat that I'm wearing. They're a sober, a sober small business in Los Angeles. Uh, shout out to Jim Hernandez and your team at Valor Fitness Clothing. Your products are great. Your business is great. Um, so if you see them, please support uh, them. Not paid influencer, just love their products. So uh, giving them some free love. Lynn, uh, as we wrap up, like who would you, what would you, are there any other shout outs that you want to do or what would your parting shot be for our listeners? And I want to thank all the people who bore with the bad signal and everything to hear Lynn's story tonight. And thank you, Lynn, for jumping on at short notice with me and giving this. Oh, yeah, I was short I, notice. It's like, oh, I got to go ahead and have dinner early, you know, because <laughs> uh, I'm in the central zones. So I would invite people to, in my uh, bio, there's a link to a link tree that has other podcasts that I've done, and I've shared a lot of, especially the very first one with David Clement on the Recovery Nuggets podcast. Hey, David. Um, I shared a lot of the resources. I mean, just kind of step by step by step what I did in the beginning. Um, and then my journey as 
as each podcast that I've done, you know, I'm just kind of sharing where I am in my journey now. Uh, I'm happy to, you know, reflect back on where I've been, but I'm really forward focused. I mean, right now, um, I'm really focused on the next right step, but that's what I, again, would point people back to your next right step now if you're just, you know, sober curious, you're in the gray area, you, you just suspect that maybe there's an issue, is just plug in. Just plug in, you know, um, wherever that may be that you're comfortable with, and it'll it'll become apparent to you the way you need to go. And <laughs> plug in. <laughs> I love that. And take that next step. And it's never too late. You're never too old. You know, um, recovery is possible. And we're all here demonstrating that. And we're all here with open arms welcoming you. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You're going to. It's it's beautiful. I, I had kind of given up and I went in my own hole. You talked about being in a pit and that's where I was. And it was like, I just don't care anymore. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, you know, all these reasons to be happy and to but I just got in this deep, dark, depressive hole. And the, and like you said earlier, the attribute to that and making it work. And I knew that and I was still doing it. And so if, you know, that's what I would like highlight from what Lynn said that like, if you're there, you know, be, give yourself some grace to be there and don't beat yourself up for being there because we've been there. Like we get it. And there are like a bajillion other yeah. people who get it. it you're going to feel like you're the only, yeah. you're the biggest bag of crap, right? So Oh, yeah. Just take, you know, draw from the energy and enthusiasm of someone like Lynn, who has shown you that it's possible at age, you know, she was 67 years old, right? And right. Yeah. Up, and I'm so thankful that at age, you know, 41, uh, I have a couple days shy of my 42nd birthday, that that's where, you know, I had this 21, you know, this rite of passage, and I'm passed out on my friend's thing, there's like stamps all up my hand, oh, I went to a party school, and that was my 21st, and Yay, you're an adult. Well, guess what? I don't think I was really an adult until about 115 days ago when I stopped, you know, doing that yeah. twice that long for me to get trained up at 42 to realize, like, this just not working. And it's supposed to work. It's supposed to go great, right? Like the advertising and everything that you said. But it's not like that. It's ugly. And it, it breaks people. And so, Lynn, I, I forgot to ask that up front. You're in central time zone, but where? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, real quick, right now we're in Mariana, Florida, up in the panhandle of Florida. That's the central time zone. And the reason we're here is because our cousin is kind enough to allow us to stay with her while we transition to move to Costa Rica. That's wow. a whole other story. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll have you back when you're in Costa Rica or about to go. Full story about that. Until then, we'll be checking out, uh, we'll be following you on your Instagram there, at Sober grandma road trip life being the crazy road trip that we're on together and who knew that on tuesday june 14th 2022 lynn king would message dana hey, i'd love to be on your podcast sometime and i was like sure let's do it and you were like let's go for it and i was <laughs> there we go let's do this and so the next episode of i kissed alcohol goodbye i hope is a friend of mine named arlie and she is currently traveling abroad in israel she's in tel aviv and um wow. she, for her like her son's bar mitzvah i think and visiting family and he was like yeah i'll come on the pod so either she'll do it while she's in tel aviv or she'll do it when she's uh gets back home to la but she's going to tell you about her sober journey and she is a really neat lady uh i think you'll enjoy it and thank you and so we'll go <laughs> goodbye alcohol and hello life